Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Listen, everybody just say favor. favor. We're going to teach this morning on favor. I wasn't able to get uh, to it in the first service because, um, well, you know, this happened in the first service too. So like the first time I was all shook, I was like, and I couldn't even think. And I was just like, oh God, it's so good. Thank you guys. It's nice. Well, now I'm going to preach my message. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 41, Isaiah chapter 41. One more time. Just say favor. favor. Favor is very important. Extremely important in the body of Christ. Favor is important for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is, is because we understand by faith that everything that is not seen is the, is the source. Our, everything that we see comes from the unseen source. So we recognize that the unseen world, the spiritual things of God, have a massive influence in what can be seen. The favor of God is evidence that the unseen world is at work in your life. This is important because then people who do not believe in the unseen world have to scratch their head and say, well, I can't explain that. Something must be helping them that wasn't necessarily helping somebody else. In other words, the favor on your life is not just for you. The favor on your life is to verify that God is actually working behind the scenes. Because if everything you accomplish in your life, we can look at it and go, yep, that's how they did it. That's exactly how they did it. Then you can actually get the glory. But if what you are accomplishing or if what you're walking through or if what you're walking in is bigger than can actually be explained, now all of a sudden we have to go to something we can't see. We have to go, wait a minute, God must be at work. When the doctor's report changes... And nobody has an explanation. We have to go, well, God must be at work. When, when, when all of a sudden, uh, uh, you get some resources, you get a check in the mail that you weren't expecting and you go, well, God must be at work. When, when your kids come to you and they say, I don't know what it is, mom. I don't know what it is, dad, but I just want to serve God with my whole heart. And you know, good and well, every influence in the natural world was trying to pull them the other way. We got to go, well, God must have been at work. See, the unseen world is working in your life and it shows up as favor on your life. And now everybody has to pay attention and go, why are you different? The favor of God on your life is to move the kingdom forward. The queen of Sheba came to see Solomon because Solomon's wisdom was was profound and he was known all through the known world at that time. And she came and she brought this massive offering into the into the uh, uh, into Solomon's kingdom. But but she said what what totally astonished her was how happy the servants were and how well or uh, adorned they were. It's one thing. When, when, you know, you're sitting there and the Aggies win, come on somebody, and you just had your favorite chips and dip and the grass is cut and, and the fence is, is painted and everything's, and you're just sitting there. But it's a whole nother thing. When you're going through life 
and the devil can't slap the joy off your face because we're actually servants. The Bible actually says we're slaves to the gospel. Come on, somebody. But it's one thing whenever you see somebody and they're serving and that maybe they go to work every day and they're just drudging, work, 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 work. But then a Christian walks in doing the same job, just as miserable, sweeping up the same nasty junk that everybody else is sweeping up. And they're just sitting there singing, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. And everybody's going, what's wrong with this person? How come they're so happy? In other words, I was shocked that those servants were so filled with joy. See, the favor of God on your life is meant to set you apart from amongst everybody else so that when people are looking, they can see that there's something different about you. Oh, you still may get a flat tire. We just don't lose our whole salvation over it. Oh my God, the 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 tires were bald. They had six nails in each tire, but I don't know why I got a flat tire today. You got a flat tire, whatever. When your life shifts to where the devil can throw anything at you and you're still smiling. What do, you, what do you mean still smiling? Well, I count it all joy to be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. Yeah. What do you mean? Why? I'm favored. Because here, here's the reality of it. People don't mind you being blessed. They mind you wearing your blessing. And a big part of your blessing is that big old smile on your face. If you're a jerk, stop telling people you're a Christian. If you're rude and arrogant, just don't tell them you know Jesus. You're giving us a bad name. And if you are a Christian and you act like a jerk, thus saith the Lord, stop. The favor on your life is there by God, commanded by the king, King Jesus, and it is so you will stand out amongst the crowd so that people can see that there is a wheel inside of a wheel. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You're still going to go through some stuff, but you don't have to go through it. Like everybody else. So for instance, somebody could have $10 million in the bank, 20 million, 100 million, whatever would be a lot to you. $100 million in the bank. Nobody says boo about it until they drive up in a Bentley. And then, why? They don't need all that. Who are you? Are you the judge of what's too much and what's not too much? Is the government on your shoulders? See, they don't care about the favor on your life. They care when you wear it. Joseph's coat was only criticized because he was wearing it, not because it was hanging in his closet. 
I can't stand him. Look at him walking around in that coat. I think we ought to kill him. The man wore a jacket. And they wanted to kill him. Are you getting the picture here? The favor on your life wasn't given to you by you. It was given to you by your father. Joseph's coat was not given to him by himself. It was given to him by his father. So picture your kids. All kids have something they like. Maybe yours like video games. Maybe yours like guinea pigs. Maybe yours like tennis shoes. Uh, my Trinity Bell loves boots. She, pro- she has knee-high boots on today. And she showed me this morning, look, Dad, they're fluffy on the inside too. She loves boots. She loves clothes. She loves all that stuff. And a lot of times we buy her stuff. I love doing it. I'll be honest with you. When I, when I take them to a store, I say, just what do you want? Go get it. They go get it. Look, can I have this? Yeah. Can I have this? Yeah. Can I have this? Yeah. Why? Because I'm blessed. And I want my kids blessed. So what would it be if her daddy bought her a pair of boots? The kind she wanted. I'm talking fluffy on the inside boots now. And she's walking and she's going to a party to go hang out with her friends. And she says, Daddy, thank you for the boots. And when she gets out of the car, she runs and hides around the corner, takes the fluffy boots off and puts normal boots on, takes the fluffy boots and puts them in her backpack, zips it up because her friends are making fun of the fact that she has these nice boots. This is how God feels when you're ashamed of the favor on your life. He gave you the coat. He even told you they're going to hate you. Yet we act shocked every time somebody hates us. <gasps> and then we start, what, we, we start comparing it. And, and we all do this. We compare it like this. I would have never done that. I can't believe they said that about me. And then we'll start to balance it. We'll go, I may be this, but I would never do that. I'm the only one in the room today, babe. It sounds to me. It's the first time anybody ever heard this. Nobody's ever heard that. So what happens is we start, we start getting shocked at what God told us was going to happen. He said, he said, you can have every single thing, 100 fold with persecution. So you can't have it and not have persecution. You can slide under some persecution, but you got to leave the coat in the closet. But if you wear the coat... If you say, if you say, I didn't, I didn't give me this coat. He gave me this coat. If you say, if you say, you know what? He's the one that called me holy. He's the one that called me righteous. He's the one that set me apart. He's the one. The reason I'm so happy is because the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why I'm so happy. The reason, the reason I'm wearing this thing is because he gave it to me. I'm not wearing it because I'm trying to make anybody look bad or anything else. And, and what you'll find is the bulk of the people that have that kind of problem have a big problem themselves. Most people 
don't mind your level of blessing as long as it doesn't surpass theirs. My God, I'm preaching in this place this morning. Most people don't mind as long as it doesn't surpass theirs. Or (laughs) where they think you should be. Isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't that Kanye West? I thought he said he was Jesus. Well, he didn't anymore. Now he says Jesus is king and millions and millions of people are seeing it. Some people aren't clapping because they're like, I'm not sure if I'm clapping about Kanye and I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet or if I'm clapping about God or if I'm clapping about, I'm going to set you free. Let's give God a hand of praise. There we go. So what happens is you wear the coat because nobody cares how blessed you are as long as you're not wearing it. Have you ever, have you ever heard anybody say this about preachers on TV? You know, I like some of the stuff he says, but I'll bet you that ring on his fingers, like $20,000. I say this, God bless Paul and Jan Crouch, founders of TBN. They took the, the largest, te- I don't know if it still is, but it was the largest television network in the world. It was 24-hour faith-based, tongue-talking, charismatic Christians. And her hair was pink and blue. And, okay. and she had eyelashes that tickled the lens of the camera. You know what that sounds like to me? A coat of many colors around a bunch of boring coats. It's the same junk. The Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, other than Jesus, the Bible says that, that there's nothing new under the sun. It's not a new thing that they're criticizing your favor. It just might be the first time you've experienced it. It might be the first time you've experienced it at that level. And every time the criticism goes up, you're about to level up if you pass the test. If you don't pass the test, you'll take another lap. Because the level of favor that you're willing to walk in is directly proportional to the criticism that you can receive and not return venom for. How much criticism can you endure like a Christian is supposed to? That's how much favor you can walk in. Because as your favor increases, your criticism increases. Nobody cares. Nobody cares when you look like everybody else, sound like everybody else, and blend in and everything. But when you drive up in a new car to Thanksgiving dinner, and you bring three hams. Hams are not cheap. You bring three hams. And you walk in, everybody says, let me give you something for those hams. No, just enjoy them. My God, it's that spiral cut stuff right here. (laughs) And you sit down and your kids got new shoes on. Now don't listen. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not a place where you have enough resources to go doing that, don't, don't, you know, go put yourself in a bind. I'm just talking about when the favor and the blessing of God is on you in that particular area and you walk in, look. Don't go put your old clothes on just because there's people there that hate you. You got to wear the coat. You, you got you to gotta wear the coat. And let me, let me tell you what will happen if you don't. 
Somebody wants some encouragement. Here's what will happen if you don't. He'll give it to somebody else. Because it's not about you anyway. You're just a player on the chessboard. And he's trying to pour his favor out on you so that the world can see that there's a God that can't be seen. And those that are citizens of his kingdom, they don't walk like everybody else walks. Oh man, I tell you what, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. It's all going to be terrible. Not my life. Oh, it's, it's flu season. Maybe on your street. It's healed by the stripes on Jesus back season at my house. Come on, somebody. That sounds arrogant. It sounds peculiar because the world doesn't talk that way. It is not arrogant to quote the Bible. It is not arrogant to claim what Jesus paid for. On the exact contrary, it causes portions of his sacrifice to have been given in vain if you do not. He paid for it all and we're walking in 1% of it. Because at the end of this, the entire concept and the entire plan was not to get you out of here. You can't do anything for God in heaven. There's no sickness there. You don't need healing there. Why would you need healing where there's no sickness? The streets are made of gold. (laughs) Why would you need money? So what happens is you have to take and begin to understand what his actual plan was. And his plan was for his kingdom to come here. In other words, if you're trying to get out of here, the devil wants you to stay. But if you get a revelation like me and say, wait a minute, I'm supposed to rule and reign here. The devil wants you to go. That's why when Jesus was asked, how do we pray, Jesus? He didn't say, well, just pray that you go to heaven tomorrow. Pray that all your frustrations end and you go to heaven. He said, pray that his kingdom would come here. Like it is in heaven. Because his his entire plan, his entire plan was for humanity to have dominion here. I wasn't going this way, but I'm going to now. There's only three types of humans that have ever lived. In one category, you have Adam, Eve, before they sinned, and Jesus. There was no delineation between how close they could get to God. Because before those two had sinned, before Adam and Eve sinned, they they walked with God, they're with him. But here's the thing. All humans are made in God's likeness and God's image. So creation, the Bible says, was made for mankind, and mankind was given dominion. You know another word that could be used there? Mankind was told to dominate. When's the last time you got up and decided you were going to dominate the kingdom of darkness? A lot easier to be successful when you're trying. So mankind was told to take dominion, gave him complete authority. 
told him, hey, matter of fact, I'm not even going to name the animals. You name the animals. And he's like, long neck giraffe, fatty bobatty, hippo, long nose, big ears, elefante. And creation was like, cool, I'm an elephant now. Why? Because when man talked, it was like God talking. God said, let there be light. And light didn't say, I don't want to be called light. (laughs) So when man spoke, come on, we're going a little deeper this morning. When man spoke and said giraffe, the giraffe was like, of course I am. I'm a giraffe. Why? He told me. Then uh, Adam and Eve sinned. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible says that, that Adam and, and God would walk in the evening together. And he heard him coming. I can't, I can't I, don't even, I don't even know. I mean, I know, but I'm trying to decide if I can go there. He heard him coming. And the Bible says he heard the pneuma. Pneuma is where we get the word pneumatic. Pneumatic is a power that is driven by air. In other words, he heard a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. So he heard the spirit of God flowing through the garden. And for the first time, he was afraid. And he was afraid because, not because God was bad, but because he knew he had missed it. And for uh, uh, all the time that he had existed, there was no separation. And now he felt separate. So what God did is God said, you can't stay here. Because if you get close to me, you will die. Because you can't take something that is dirty and touch something clean and make the clean thing and make the dirty thing clean. You have to take something. When that happens, if you take something dirty and touch something clean, the clean thing becomes dirty. Y'all have kids. You know what I'm talking about. They walk in all dirty, give you a hug. You're like, oh, great. (laughs) This morning, one of mine came in with makeup from, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I'm like, all right, I got to go to church. She's like, all right, see you later. I'm like, see ya. Because the makeup on her would get on me if the makeup touched me, not the opposite. Touching me wouldn't make the makeup go away. So what happened is God said, Adam and Eve, you can't stay here because if you stay here and you touch me, you're going to die. And if you die now, you're gone from me for all eternity. So I'm going to give you some more time while my plan is instituted. Because Jesus is not an alternate plan. Jesus is the plan. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says from the foundation of the world, the, 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 son, the Lamb of God was slain. That means God was not shocked that Adam ate the fruit. Jesus was the plan. So three types of humans. The first type was Adam and Eve and Jesus. There was no separation. They looked like God. They sounded like God. They had the authority of God in God's likeness and God's image. Are you still with me? The second type is Adam and Eve after the sin, after they sinned, and everybody else except Jesus. So you look like God, but creation's confused. 
Because you don't have the badge anymore. You might even sound like God from time to time, but you don't carry the same authority. So what do you mean authority? Well, there in life, there is power and there is authority. A quick example would be an 18-wheeler loaded down with pipe running down the road at 80 miles an hour has a lot of power. But a police officer can stand in the street and do this. And that power is subject to his authority. So he says stop and the, and the truck has to stop. So when mankind sin, now likeness and image of God, you look like God, might even sound like God, but where's your badge? And all of a sudden thorns started growing and man couldn't say, don't you grow around here? Cause he didn't have the authority. You hear what I'm saying? Then Jesus shows up and now all of a sudden He's like Adam and Eve were in the beginning. No sin, no separation between him and God. And almost every time Jesus references himself in the New Testament, he says, the son of man. He was the son of God, but he referenced himself as the son of man. The reason is, is because when Jesus came to planet earth, he operated as a man. Because mankind had already been given dominion and authority here. So when the enemy tried to attack, he would say, you can't do this, you can't do that. And Jesus would say, what are you talking about? Blind eye, open up. Fig tree, you can't grow anymore. Die right there. Storm, shut up. Peace be still. And all the devils are freaking out because they would run to him and they go, we know who you are. He'd say, shut your mouth. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready for everybody to know yet. He said, yeah, but we know you are. How do they, how did they know? They they didn't just know because the Bible says that they looked for him and they tried to kill all the babies that were under two years old to try to, because they didn't know where he was. But as soon as he began to move in the authority that man originally had on planet earth, now all of a sudden all the demons are like, wait a minute, that's the one. And he would say, he would say, shut your mouth and they would have to stop. And so the son of man is here performing as a man. And they're like, oh my gosh, Jesus, the fig tree that you cursed has dried up. And he's like, you think that's good? He said, if you knew what's in you, you could tell the mountain to move and jump in the sea and it would do it. He said, because God, my father has given all authority unto me as the son of man, I am functioning here. And the exact same thing, here's what Jesus said that ought to get you kind of excited. These things and greater shall you do. So the first type is sinless. The second type is a human that has sinned. Everybody that's born after Adam and Eve, except for Jesus. Jesus was not born after the lineage of Adam because he doesn't have an earthly father. Anytime you have a pregnancy, the father carries the seed. So Jesus is the seed of God. He is the son of God, no earthly father. Therefore, he was not born of the lineage of Adam. Therefore, he was not born in sin. Are you still with me? So what happens is we got this second group of people that you and me before we meet Jesus. It's 
against people that are in sin, where we're in the likeness and image of God, but we're not carrying the badge. Then all of a sudden, somebody comes along and tells you about an old rugged cross, tells you about three days later how he rose from the dead, and you say, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my life to this Jesus, and all of a sudden, the blood of the Lamb washes you white as snow, and before you know it, you don't only look like God, now you have the opportunity to read the Bible, sound like God, and all of a sudden, when the enemy looks at you, he sees the badge of the blood of the lamb and he said that's a new creature in Christ all things have passed away I can't mess with that but we got a bunch of Christians walking around talking all kind of nonsense so confusion has set into creation and creation is going I don't know what to do because these Christians aren't telling me what to do because God said I gave mankind the dominion and the authority of what's going to happen here We've got Christians trying to leave planet earth and God told planet earth to be what we're supposed to dominate. If I can just get out of here, I know heaven's going to be great. Heaven's going to be great, but you can't do nothing for him up there. We need you here. I prophesy 10 more years of vitality in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I prophesy, I prophesy years and decades into your life in the name of, I prophesy into your life that you're going to get a revelation that you weren't saved to leave here. You were saved to dominate. And when you start dominating in the name of Jesus Christ, everything you start to recognize, you begin to see that Jesus is not just some idea to evacuate you. Jesus was setting you back in your position of authority here. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you become the third type of human, a born again Christian. That's why he said you're a new creature, a new creation. If you make salt shakers and you just make another one, you didn't make a new creation, you made another one. But if you make salt shakers and now you make igloo coolers, you just made a new creation. You are not a human that is the same as a human that is not born again. You are a complete, in the spiritual realm, you are a completely different phylum. A completely different species. So when you start walking in the authority that you have, you got to know the kingdom of God has placed some favor on your life. And when this favor begins to manifest, it is so that his kingdom that was lost in the garden. I find it so interesting. Adam was kicked out of a garden. Jesus walked into a garden. Adam covered himself with fig leaves and Jesus said, I don't need your freaking leaves. You hear what I'm saying? He cursed a fig tree on his way to the garden. Adam, they put it, God put him in a deep sleep, opened up his side, and all of a sudden his bride was released. (sighs) Jesus went to sleep for three days. His side was opened up and his bride was released. You hear what I'm saying? It's not about leaving. Somebody say, thank God for heaven. I'm glad for heaven. I got family and friends there. A lot of them went too soon. 
but I'm not leaving anytime soon. The church is here to take over. Everybody's got that friend when they were growing up. They just don't know how big and strong they are. Ah, the church has no idea how strong we really are. Everything is waiting on for what, uh, uh, to see what comes out of your mouth. Are you talking about your favorite sitcom all day and wasting it on some kind of nonsense? All I'm not talking about. There's nothing wrong with watching sitcoms. There's some we like. Of course, it's all fun to watch TV or whatever. But if but if there's if there's nothing rolling out of your mouth that is attached to the kingdom of heaven, then you're walking in stuff you don't have to walk in. You're going through some stuff you don't have to go through. We're not immune from going through, you know, we're not gonna not go through anything as Christians. But you're going through some stuff if you're haphazard with your mouth. Because now you're not just in his likeness, in his image. If you're under the blood, you now have that authority. There's something worse than a bad manager. Like a mean manager. Something worse than a mean manager. One that does nothing. I used to have, you know, I grew up playing sports and stuff and I'd have these coaches and some of them were just, I mean, they were pit bulls. Ah, do this, do that. Ah, there was nothing worse than ones that just sat on their thumbs. You didn't know what they liked, didn't know what they didn't like, didn't know what they want. Are we going to run this play, run that play? And they're like, I don't know. When you have the authority of the kingdom of heaven as a new creature in Christ, as an heir and a joint heir, as a kingdom citizen, and you're, you're not engaging in the fight. See, Jesus won our victory at Calvary. But he left it on us to keep the peace. And anything that's not defended is surrendered. That's why you have to defend your health. When a symptom comes on your body. You're not trying to get healed. You are healed and you are fighting off a sickness. Any more so than if somebody, if a country wanted to attack the, attack the United States of America, America would not stop being America. We would be America under attack. You see what I'm saying? So as a citizen of heaven, as a citizen of this kingdom, now you not only... Are washed in the blood. You're in his likeness and his image. Now you carry the authority. So now what comes out of your mouth. Really really matters. You know what it's flu season. I'm probably going to get the flu again. Well keep calling it in. <laughs> About time for my. Annual sinus infection. I'm not trying to make light or make anybody feel bad, but this is the truth. And when you begin to walk in it, it changes things. You begin to call things that are not as though they were.
And if you're really, really honest, if you're really honest, you'll find out you've been doing it all along. You have just been haphazard with what you were calling in. You know what? If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have luck. Uh, <laughs> flat tire. You say, well, changing how I talk will stop all flat tires. Not all of them, but it'll stop the ones you roped and pulled to your house with your mouth. <laughs> I never, I never get the good guys. The good guys are all taken. I'm just left over. Then another punk scrub punk shows up to your house and you're, Oh, this one's different. I'm going to change him. Let me tell you something. If you're dating somebody and they won't go to church with you, stop dating them today. Forget it. Well, I'll go to church with you, but I only want to go to that church with three people in the backwoods and they, you know, we only sing this one song. It takes five minutes and, you know, I just don't have to change over there. I just want to be there. Dump him today. So why do you dump me? Because the Lord has need of me. Why, Why are you dumping me? Because I'm God's daughter. That's why I'm dumping you, you rascal. You find out he lies to you about where he's been after one week, dump him. Get rid of him. Don't even think about it. Block his doggone number. My Boaz is coming. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.